0: Welcome to our midweek service here at our new location of Church on the Rock. We were here a few weeks ago, and just since then, so much more has happened. There's walls up everywhere, the drywall's ready to go up. It's an exciting time. I want to speak a message tonight entitled, Through the Roof. It's the four men who took their friend, the paralytic, up on a roof to break through to get to Jesus. And here's the story in Mark 2, 1 through 12. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days. It was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, so that when they had broken through, remember that, broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed. They went from his presence, all of them, so that they were amazed and glorified, saying, we never saw anything like this. First of all, we got a person that needed a miracle. He needed a breakthrough. There was no way to get to the miracle worker on his own. He was paralyzed, unable to move, to get anywhere, unable to improve his condition of life, unable to break through to the next level. You know, there's times in our life we might be paralyzed, maybe not physically, but emotionally paralyzed, spiritually paralyzed. Even a church can be paralyzed, unable to go to the next place God has for us. And I believe there's even demonic spirits sent to hinder breakthrough in our lives. And I declare today that no anti-breakthrough spirit will be able to keep us from our destiny. So what can paralyze us? In the case of this man, the number one thing is sin. That's what Jesus pointed out. Forgive his sins and he was healed. Sin can be something that'll hinder our prayers. It's a foothold Satan can have that'll keep God from moving in our life. And the second thing that can hinder breakthrough is feared out and unbelief. And that's where you have to have that faith. Fear can come in such a way in unbelief. The Bible says in the Old Testament, the children of Israel didn't enter into their promises because of unbelief. A third reason we don't see breakthrough is selfishness. Sometimes our prayers are just selfish prayers. Uh, we aim amiss because they're selfish. They're not really praying the kingdom and the will of God. But this last one, number four, demonic resistance. I think that's the big one when we don't see answered prayer, when we don't see breakthrough, because there's demonic spirits overhead that are kind of holding us back and keeping us from breakthrough. The four men in this story, there'll be a time in everyone's life when we need guys like this. Some concerned friends, some faithful friends, some church members to help us carry us to our miracle, to break through the roof of the demonic resistance. These four men could not get the paralytic to Jesus. It said there was no longer room to receive anybody in the house, and they couldn't even get near the door, but they didn't give up. It said the crowd was big, and they couldn't get close, but they didn't give up. There was no way to get to Jesus, no way to get to the miracle on this level, so they had to go up. We're now on the roof of our No Cheers building. It took us some energy and effort to get up here, but I can't imagine the energy and effort it took those four guys to get a paralyzed guy on his mat, on his, on his stretcher, and get him up on that roof. And just like they did, they went up to get their breakthrough. Sometimes in our lives, we got to go up to get that breakthrough. In verse 4, it said they uncovered the roof. Other versions say they ripped through or they dug through the roof. Now, you can't tear through a roof from the bottom up. You got to tear through the top down. And there's some bottom-up prayers we pray that are all right. You know, Lord, please help me. Lord, please heal me. But there's times like Ephesians 6.12 that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, rules of darkness of this world. And you gotta have those top-down prayers. You gotta You can't fight on this natural level. you got to fight on a supernatural level, and you need to go from the top down. Yes, there are times we need to sit at His feet and worship, but there's times we need to go to war. It's a battle in the spirit realm. And when you get victory in the spirit realm, it'll manifest in the natural realm. The problem is we're so connected to this natural realm that it's hard. But in James 5.16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Matthew 11.12, from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. He's given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And from the bottom up is natural, but from the top down, it's supernatural. Well, we don't just ask, but we declare, we confront, and we conquer. I want to take a quick look at a couple disciples that brought the supernatural realm down to the natural realm. So to do that, let's go back down. Acts 3, Peter and John They're walking in this natural realm, just like we do, with all the authority available from Jesus dying on the cross that's available to us. And there is a sick person that's there begging at the temple gate. And here's what Peter and John say in Acts 3. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. They weren't asking. They weren't begging. They declared and commanded with kingdom authority. You know, most average churchgoers don't realize that demonic powers are at the root of most of our problems that we're facing, especially in our government and nation, even with this virus, which is a real thing in the natural, but it's being promoted and fueled by fear and demonic activity. We have to identify them, confront them, and conquer them. And when we have that mindset, the church will be unstoppable. I declare we're going to see breakthrough, we're going to see miracles, we're going to see signs and wonders over our nation, over our church, and in our lives. Now why and how did the disciples see and get breakthrough and turn their cities upside down? Daniel eleven twelve 12 says, but the people who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. Do you really know God? If you, can, if you don't consistently read and pray, you don't really know him. You might be acquainted with him, but the disciples knew him, they served him, they bragged about him, they boasted about him, they turned their world upside down around them and they gave their rulers sleepless nights. They weren't worried what the devil would strike next. The devil was worried what they were gonna do next. They confronted demons and government leaders. They would tell the truth about people's actions, and the people were forced to ask, what must we do to be saved? The apostles would say, repent and turn to God. They had Holy Ghost services in the street. They got people baptized in the streets. They had deliverance meetings in the streets. They were on fire and without fear. They had something prisons couldn't contain. The rulers would have to release them and then invite them in back for interrogation. They had something fire could not burn, water could not drown, and something a virus could not kill. And it was on fire. What was their secret? They knew their God and they confronted and conquered demonic opposition. Remember those four men on the roof? They were on that roof, their friend needed a miracle. They went through extraordinary efforts to get him into the place, in position to receive that miracle. And they ran into some resistance along the way. Jesus was right there, but they couldn't get to him. And they just didn't give up or say, oh, okay, sara, sara, whatever will be, will be. No, they decided they're gonna go after it. See, a lot of times we just say, well, if it's the Lord's will, you know, he'll come out and he'll find us. He knows where we're at, but they didn't do that. They pressed in. They found a way to get to their miracle. And if we don't give up, I'm telling you, there's breakthrough for us. So say to yourself, I'm not going to give up, but I'm going to go up. And they got on that roof. They begin to tear the tiles off of that roof to get to their breakthrough. They had tile tearing faith. Tiles represent things that hinder our breakthrough. It could be maybe tiles of unforgiveness. You need the tool of forgiveness to break through those tiles. It could be tiles of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Use the tool of faith to break through. And when doubt comes, and be cautious when you hear yourself saying things like, well, why God? Why did this happen? Be cautious when you ask too many questions because questions have no power. Revelation has power. Revelation says, preach the gospel and heal the sick. But then you do that and a family member gets sick and nothing happens when you pray. You know, that's the cross. There's tension in the cross. There's the supernatural part of the cross and then there's the horizontal, the natural part of the the cross. And questions have no power unless you give them power and empower them. You give them authority, they begin to have power and that'll undermine revelation. You know, you need to feed yourself with what God's done and what he's doing and not stumble over what hasn't happened. When you celebrate about what he's done, it'll give you momentum to deal with what hasn't happened. So how do you get to the breakthrough? Isaiah 40, 31, you're familiar with it. But those who wait on the Lord. That word wait is not a passive word. It means to be intertwined with the Lord, that you're working with him. You're listening to him. You're praying. You're talking. You're listening. You're, you're waiting on the Lord. You're worshiping him. And it says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. You'll have wings as eagles. That means you can soar up to a new perspective. If you had eagle's eyes, that means you could be in a 10-story building and see an ant all the way down to the ground. It also means you have peripheral vision. You can see 340 degrees behind, where a human can only see 180 degrees. I mean, it's a powerful thing. It's a clear advantage in hunting and defense when you have that perspective and you have that kind of sight. We need to go up, get above the demonic strongholds. Up is the best way for me to describe entering into another realm, the realm of the spirit, the kingdom of God, moving in authority. I had an acronym for the word wait, but I'm only going to give you one letter since we're taking a a small amount of time tonight. The W stands for worship. I'm talking about all aspects of ministering to the Lord. The disciples hit resistance in Acts 13. They were resisted by a sorcerer, a guy operating in witchcraft. His name was Bar-Jesus, and it said they ministered, fasted, and prayed. Look at the way this starts in Acts 13, 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Now when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of the Lord. But Elimus the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, "'O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord?' And now indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the procouncil believed they saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. They hit resistance, but they identified, confronted, and conquered. But I want you to remember, the first thing they did in that start of that chapter was they ministered to the Lord and they prayed. Incense in the Old Testament represents prayer. And Psalm 141 too, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. This word incense comes from the Hebrew word qatar, which means fumigation, evacuating or driving out unwanted objects. The Bible says that the Most High God doesn't want to dwell in temples built by hands, but we are the temple of God, and this is where He wants to dwell. He wants to fill us, but sometimes we're so filled with our own devices, imaginations, and doctrines, and fears that we take them into our prayers. And sometimes it'd be harder to even pray at home because of all the burdens, worries, fears, insecurity, and uncertainties. Fumigation. And rumination. Rumination is the word that you talk about cattle chewing their cud, but it means to meditate, to chew on the Word of God. So you think about fumigation and rumigation, it'll give you illumination and revelation. That'll drive out fear, doubt, and unbelief. Let me recap. When you hit resistance, don't give up, but go up. Wait on the Lord and get those eagle's wings, those eagle's eyes, and then worship. Minister to the Lord with praise, worship, speaking the word out loud, do some fumigation and rumination so you can get some illumination and revelation. And if you're sensing some spiritual resistance in your prayer, then you need to tear the roof off. You need to go for that breakthrough and declare breakthrough. David was in a situation where he needed a breakthrough. He was anointed as king and the full army of the Philistines was after him. So David inquired of the Lord, shall I attack? And in 2 Samuel 5, 20, it says, David came to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perazim. I think we need to him right now. And Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God will lift up a standard. Let's believe for breakthrough. And let's seal this message with this scripture. It's the Passion Version out of Isaiah 41.10. Do not yield to fear. Now, this is God speaking. I want you to remember that. Do not yield to fear. I am always near. Never turn your gaze from me, for I am your faithful God. I will infuse you with my strength and help you in every situation. I will hold you firmly with my victorious right hand. Now, that's something to hold on to.
1: my sickness Know you gave the best of heaven. See you. And get- We're so excited you chose to tune in with us uh, this Wednesday night. We just pray that you'd have a blessed day today.